Hello and welcome to Hummingbird, a weekly podcast with April Lee Janes and Jessica Outram. Today we are back into one of our episodes about business and building your business. Today we're looking at the power of story and what is story marketing and selling? Why is story important to a creative business? Why is it more effective than traditional marketing? What are the elements of a good story and how do we use story in our creative businesses? And April's really going to be leading me through by coaching me to develop my concept of story in my creativity coaching business. So I'm really looking forward to that today, April, because you are just filled with knowledge and experience in this area. And I'm thrilled to be able to benefit from it. Oh boy, that's a big, uh, big introduction there to lead into this. (laughs) So yeah, we are going to do something a little different in this episode because, you know, I have spent quite a bit of my business coaching career talking about story. I was kind of wrapped around this before it really even became a popular item. I started to notice people in certain magazines like Entrepreneur and things like that starting to focus on story. And so I was doing podcasts and articles and speaking engagements about using story as a marketing strategy. And that's what I wanna share with everyone today. And we're gonna do it by walking you through your story. But you know, before we get into, before we even started turn on the mics today, we started talking a little bit about what have you been up to this week? And we thought, this is something we should share with our listeners because we're not just podcasters. We are working artists. So Jessica, what you been up to this week? Well, you know, it was, it was a good week. I find uh, this is a nice time of year and I finished up my, you know, latest draft of my poetry book, which was really exciting and sent that off to the editor. So every time I go through it, there's fewer and fewer changes. So we're getting close to the end and that's really exciting. And I felt really good about that. And then I started working out the concept for my next project and uh, I'm looking forward to that too. And I've I've got everything set up. It's ready to go and it's going to be a big one and take me some time, but I find every time you're you're finishing a project, it's important to have that next one. Otherwise, I don't know, I feel a big sense of loss and emptiness. So I like to, in those final stages of one project, kind of get the other one planted, as it were. Yeah. yeah. And how about you? How was your week, April? Well, you know, I'm, I've been working mostly in watercolors and I took an oil painting workshop probably about a month ago and did some basic background kind of things. And they've been sitting staring at me in my studio. And I'll be honest, I've been afraid to go to them. You know, I just like, oh, I'm going to mess these up. I love these backgrounds. They look so good already. And if I touch them, you know, there's just this feeling that I'm going to mess it up. And then I realized, so what if I mess it up? I'm never going to learn unless I start playing with it. So I only have five oil colors, but I thought I can mix them. I know what how to mix. And I started playing this week and I am having a ball. I'm just really, really enjoying it. And I love it because I can whoosh the colors around. I can blend them really nicely. Mm. And if I make a mistake or I you know, put something where I don't want it or whatever, I can either wipe it off or I can let it dry and paint over the top of it, which is so freeing after doing watercolors. That's it's like magic. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it is. It feels like magic to me. It's amazing. The other thing I did was I really got clear on why it is I want to paint. And I wrote a blog post about how nature inspires me and Jenny Burke, who, you know, and hello, Jenny, I know you're listening to this and I just wanted to give a shout out to you, but Jenny reached out to me on Facebook to say she loved nature too. And I said, Oh, we have to talk. 
And she and I connected on Zoom yesterday for about a half an hour and talked about our common love of nature and art. So that was a lot of fun for me too. Oh. It was a great way to fix so nice. Yeah, she's wonderful. And I, uh, I recently bought paintings from two local artists, and I just needed to change up my space a little bit with all this time at home. And she was one of them. And so I have a lot of fun every day just looking at her work. And both of the paintings actually were paintings of Lake Ontario that were done by local people. And I just love Lake Ontario. Those who follow me on social media know that nearly every day I post a, a photograph of Lake Ontario. So it's no surprise that I'm buying paintings of Lake Ontario as well. <laughs> Well, you know, I saw she had four, like six little paintings for sale and there was two I really wanted. I wonder if you ended up getting them because they were gone by the time I spotted it. So, yep, I, I <laughs> anyway, scooped it up quick. <laughs> Jenny, big shout out to you. And, a, and a, you know, we do love your work. So we'll have to get her website address and we'll put it in our playlist so people can check out Jenny. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, we're going to do something a little bit different. We talked quite a bit about story in episode 14, but if people haven't listened to episode 14, we'll cover a little of that ground again before we jump into getting you to develop your story. So let's start with why you want to use a story. And it was interesting in my email this week from an art business coach that I follow, she took a poll and she found that connection increases your chances of making a sale by 266%. Now, this is not a scientific poll, but in the answers that she got, this was the ratio of it. That's incredible. Yeah, the lot, most people said their last sale was connection-based. They either knew the artist, they had a connection with the subject, they loved what, was being, what that artist was about and what they had to say, or more than one of the above, or someone recommended that artist. I mean, that's a huge, that's all about relationship in there, right? Well, and look all at those. Those two paintings that I just bought within the last couple of weeks were bought because of those connections and those relationships. And they're so much more meaningful to me because of that. So yes. I am exhibit A, evidence. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and most sales, the people that bought sales because it fits their home or it's the right size or color for, for their decoration. That's a very small minority. It's really about that relationship. So we need to build relationship and story is a huge part of it. Now, there was a TED talk by Jeff Friedman. It's a short TED talk. I think it's only about 11 minutes long. We're going to put it in the playlist. And he states that the strongest relationships are built on shared beliefs. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to help Jessica create just one story because all of our businesses should have multiple stories. We want to build a story that will attract people who need her services, that they will recognize that she's a kindred spirit. And that's really what you're doing with your story. You're making those connections. Let's get everyone on the same page, Jessica. Tell us a little bit more about that particular business and how you feel about marketing and selling. Because I know and we want to we want to get that in the mix, too. Okay, so um, this is going to be great. So my business is called uh, Creativity Coaching. And it offers individual and group coaching with a focus on inspiring people to find creative prosperity and abundance and to, you know, work through their life's work. And I want to help people learn how to ignite a, like a creativity surge, you know, where, where the energy just can build and, and, and recognize that you can control that, that you can create the conditions for that creativity to surge. The marketing and the selling is always the hardest part for me. And I just want to put my time into doing the work, developing the programs, connecting with people. And so juggling my own creative work, life, my full-time job, the podcast, 
most of my time for the business is spent on designing and delivering programs. And I, I don't put much time into marketing and selling because as you, you describe sometimes that icky factor, it gives me the icky factor and it's just something that I, I don't like to do. <laughs> so I'm hoping you can, you can shift me and help me to see it in a different way to inspire me. And the last episode we did within this series where you helped me to see that marketing is, is, is about connection and to think about it as connection really helped me shift how I was using social media, how I saw my my purpose for doing it and has resulted in, in building some relationships. So I've already learned so much from you. So let's see, let's see what happens. Fantastic. You know, and as you were talking about your creativity coaching, I'm thinking, okay. And every other creativity coach is saying something very similar. And that's the problem. All of us have our creative products, one painting versus another painting. I mean, they're paintings or whatever. There's something deeper that goes in it. And we're going to talk more about branding in our next business episode, but you are the brand. It's you that's being sold, but people need to get to know you. So when we lead with our product or service, people feel like you're only after one thing. You know, you want their money. You want them to sign up with you. You want something from them. And so their guard goes up and that's a layer that you have to break through. And most of us feel really uncomfortable when we have to try to convince an arm twist people to buy before that relationship is established. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it feels gross, feel, April. It, it feels gross. I feel the same way. I don't yeah. like it. And I teach this stuff. You know, it's just, <laughs> it feels gross. Uh, we know we're com how we're coming across. And here's the interesting thing. Customers, as a customer, all of us want to buy. I mean, we go, think of the hours we spend on Amazon and that kind of thing. We just don't want to be sold to. And as a business owner, we need to make a living, but we don't want to sell. So <laughs> what's your experience with all of that? Let's just go a little deeper into that. All right. Well, I know that I'm uncomfortable with selling. And so I, I would like to spend some time reflecting on like, what's behind that? Is it about worth? Is it about feeling like I'm taking from someone? I don't know. But I know that anytime somebody tries to sell to me, I walk away every time. So say, you know, you go into a clothing store and the clerk comes up and they start pushing things on you and try this and try this. And I'm like, okay, I got to be somewhere. Goodbye. And most of the time I'm out the door, unless it's my favorite shop that's local that I go to all the time and I've developed a relationship with the clerk and she knows the type of things that I buy when I'm there and I want her I get sad when she's not nearby to help me figure out what it is I want but any other time if it's a stranger coming up to me and I, I, I'm like like there there are stores I avoid because of that that sales mm -hmm. pitch but I'm a wonderful consumer I'm an avid shopper, maybe too much sometimes, but I like to feel like I've discovered something or it's an instinct. I buy based on feeling. So I can see in a beat, I need this, I want it, I'm having it. And <laughs> if somebody interrupts that little process and comes at me, then it just shifts the whole energy and it's it stops being something that I'm getting for a particular reason. And it's they're projecting their need onto me. Maybe that's it. Yes. That's it. They're projecting yeah. that onto me. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling repelled by that energy. We immediately put up our guard. I do the same thing. I go into a store knowing perfectly well, I want something. And as soon as someone comes up to me and says, can I help you? It's no. And, I, and I'm like trying to get away from them unless I know that salesperson. So totally. And there was something else you said, I'll try to come back to it in a minute, but that sense of relationship, 
that you talked about that this you know this person that's the key that is really the key to the whole thing and in episode 14 we i talk quite a bit about the trust equation which is from a book called the speed of trust by stephen covey who is dr stephen covey's son it's a brilliant book i talked about it then and if you go back to episode 14 there's a link to this book because this is about all of life it's not just business and there's two pieces that make up the reason we trust someone character and competence and if we talk about these salespeople that come up to us we know they have the competence but the character piece we don't have yet so we don't trust them character is made up of integrity and intention um, competence is capabilities and results those are the two pieces that make it up now we don't walk into the store thinking okay I want to know what this salesperson's competence and their character is. It's not that top of mind the way we, we think it is. And what do you mean it's by some, capabilities? That, that you can do something. Your oh. capabilities to coach me to be creative, right? right? And the results you show are the testimonials. The strongest results is either you, someone's had a personal experience with you or they're getting a testimonial, a third party validation of your capabilities, your results, okay? So as artists, as coaches, as writers, that part we should have nailed and we should build, bring that stuff forward. We can't be hiding our results. I don't know how many artists I know that are afraid to show their paintings because they just, you know, we, we're afraid to do it. You got to show that to show you have competence. But the character piece is the piece that's often missing when all we do is talk about our capabilities and our results. Mm. So character is made up integrity, which means you walk your talk, you do what you say you're going to do, you keep your promises, you deliver on time or whatever it is that, that is part of that equation, that relationship. Where we're falling down is the intention. And where those salespeople fall down is intention. It's what we're talking about. We know they want to sell to us, right? People want to feel that we have positive intentions towards them, even though we may need something, but they want it to be a win-win. Everybody wants to be seen as a human being and not just a dollar sign. And as a person of integrity, you want that too. So the way you do that, the way you create that relationship, and you can do it pretty quickly, is with a story. And as soon as you say, Instead of saying, can I help you with that? You say, hey, let me tell you a story. Mm, People yep. get curious and they lean in, right? Yeah. So if that salesperson came along and said, oh, I see you like that orange top. Let me tell you a story about that top. You're going to stop and listen mm -hmm. about what she has to say, right? Mm -hmm. And there's actually scientific studies that show why this works. And like I said, in episode 14, we did talk about it. But in case someone hasn't heard it, I want to cover it a little bit here. When we know that we're going to be told a story, the hormone oxytocin is produced in both parties. And we call it the love hormone because this is what happens that bonds people to other people. And it's why tribal storytellers were so valued by their communities. They created and supported that sense of community, especially before big screen TVs were available, right? The storyteller was... I got to tell you, what I, sorry to interrupt you, but you, you made me think of this story. I was thinking about years ago when I went on a trip to Italy and, you know, you're in a market and everybody's trying to sell to you. And my cousin and I, we would get, uh, you know, cappuccinos or a bottle of wine for lunch and then go to the market on cappuccino and Chianti. I remember there was this one man who he says to me, you like my wallets? Well, my wallets like a you. <laughs> <laughs> but see, he's right. Him, right? 
<laughs> I remember him 20 years later or however long it's been. It's been almost 20 years. And I think of that too, sometimes when I'm selling and when you have someone who's passionate about their product and who's trying to make a connection and his English wasn't great. And I do remember that. And we did giggle and we could, you know, he created a, a, an experience and a moment for us and he caught us by surprise, which is story, right? And it, it drew us yeah. into his booth because we're like, I want to see these wallets that like a me. <laughs> Because <laughs> he told you a story about his wallets, not that they were made from leather and they were hand bound or anything like that. This wallet's like a you, you know, so and you and that's the power of story. It makes you memorable and remarkable. And when I say remarkable, I don't mean like it does put you above the crowd, but it makes you someone that the story gets repeated. We want to tell that story. So now you've got word of mouth going. Story is so powerful. So there's that. There's also this thing called mirroring that happens when we hear a story. And I felt it when you were telling that story, I felt the humor of it. There was some studies done using an MRI machine and they put people into these MRI machines and then they told them about just the facts, you know, like painting 10 by 12 oils of sheep on a Scottish hillside. And all that lit up was the logic side of the brain. Now I'm just using that as an example because I'm going to tell you a story about it. But when they told a story or they showed a movie to the people in the MRI machine, what they found was that the brain, the areas of the brain associated with all the senses started lighting up. And okay, we know I'm it's feeling because when you said the facts, I felt nothing. And I yeah. even just kind of reflected on them again. And I was just like, okay, yep, I can picture them. Sheep on a Scottish yeah. hillside. All right, thanks, thanks. Next. <laughs> okay, so if I tell you So story, now you're now gonna woo not, me with story. This is not a true story. It's my sister's story or my my daughter's story, actually. But let's just say I traveled to Scotland in the summer of 2019 and I went on a hike in the beautiful green hills above Loch Lomond. Mm -hmm. And it was a sunny day and the air was filled with just the smell of heather and the sound of all the birds around me. And there were these little white puffs on the opposite hillside that looked like cloud had dropped out of the sky and dotted mm -hmm. the hillside. And I just had to set up my easel and I set up under the shade of an old, huge old oak tree and I painted for the day. And that's where that painting came from. Wow. Well, and you know, so, as you say that, when, when Jenny came and dropped off her painting, she told me the story behind her painting and said that she had uh, written in a journal that day and that because I was a writer, she was going to look up the journal for me to share it with me so that I could see what her mindset was and how the sun opening up through the clouds over Lake Ontario had shifted her, her state of being that day and how it had that, that transformation had really ca captured her and, and pulled her out of a place and into a new place. And so having that story about that painting, when I look at that, it's like it offers that for me when I look at it, it, yeah. it, 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 it made it even more meaningful. So Jenny, if you sell prints of this painting, you need to include that story. <laughs> Just a note to Jenny, but that's the kind of thing that people want. They want that same experience and we give it to them when we share those sensory experiences with them. And we know it's true that we don't have to have physically the experience because our body doesn't know the difference. Go to a movie and if it's sad, you cry. If it's funny, you laugh. If it's scary, you jump. Your brain knows you're in a movie, but your body experiences it still. So. Absolutely. That's a long way getting us down now to how to craft the story. I mean, there's a lot of different stories and we're not going to do them all today, but they do or they can follow a similar outline. And again, going back to Jeff Friedman's TED talk, 
he says we need i like this because i hadn't heard it this way before we need a happily ever after which is what we want for them and a moral to our story which is the difference you're going to make in their lives jenny give it gave it to you with that idea of things opening up and shifting her experience from that painting and you wanted that so the mm -hmm. painting is yours now yep. so let's start with you now what's your happily ever after what do you want for your coaching clients and students What's your happily ever after, Jessica, that you want for your coaching clients and your workshop students? Well, first I have to say, I loved the TED Talk and I watched it a couple times and I found I had to pause it even as I was watching it. So for listeners who go, I highly recommend because my idea of happily ever after when I, when I first was thinking about this was very different than putting it within the context of what he was presenting. And so my response is in his context of happily ever after. And he could, he shared a bunch of different happily ever afters from some famous businesses that really helped me to do this. And it, it I, I just don't want to make people think I, I just came up with the answer now. It actually took some time and thought and reflection to kind of think through. And I, I did do what he said people do. I went back to the wording on my website to see, well, what is it that I do and why do I do it? <laughs> what do the words say? So... <laughs> So that's how I knew, okay, I've got to sink deeper into these core values and my core beliefs and refine this. So for me, the happily ever after that I would like for my coaching clients and students of my workshops is that belief that creativity and arts can make us healthier and happier, right? We can nurture a life of creativity. We can create more. Uh, we can connect to ourselves and our communities through the arts and creativity and arts enriches our lives. But if I had to distill it to one sentence, it's creativity and arts can make us healthier and happier. Good. I'm glad you brought it back to that one sentence, because I think that's important. We need to keep it succinct so that we can be clear in our own minds and can easily communicate it to people. It needs, you know, like Nike's just do it. It yeah. needs to be that succinct. So what is the difference, the moral of your stories? What is it that you want to send to other people? Well, and I, I think it's that that understanding that creativity is relationship. It's a relationship with the self, with the world around you, with each other, with community, with ideas. So that underlying pulse that's there is by nurturing that relationship with creativity and with process, all these other ripple effects are going to happen. So to me, that's that's where it lands is the the moral um, or the core. So you're going to help them get a deeper relationship. Yes. Okay, so that's fantastic. I, I, if you've got those written down, or if people are following along on this, then let's take this a little bit deeper now. Let's get really specific about it. So as a writer, you know that a story has characters too. There is no story unless there's somebody doing something and something's happening. And there are very often at least three. There's the hero, the villain, and the plucky sidekick or a wise guide. Now you think about Frodo Baggins and um, Gandalf. I mean, he. Frodo is the hero, Gandalf is the, the wise guide in this case. We often, as business people, think we're the hero, right? That we're the ones making the difference in somebody else's life. We're not. We are the plucky sidekick. The hero of your stories has to be your customer, your prospect, the person interested in your art. And the villain is their problem. And mm -hmm. that's what's getting in their way. It's we could call it their conflict there too, as we were using real story terms and things. So Jessica, tell us about your hero, their villain, and your role as the plucky sidekick 
keeping that happy ever after and moral mm -hmm. in mind. Okay. Got a story? <laughs> no, no easy task. Uh, Again, this yeah. took some thought to, to really think through the different pieces. And I tried to pick the thing, you know, a common pattern that I've seen, a common story that's come up through a number of different clients. So imagine a client who's overwhelmed by the creative work that she wanted to do, very focused on the products of creativity, all the stuff that she's going to make. For example, writing the book. Let's start with just even, you know, I'm going to write the book. But the villain that came in was that, you know, over time, like maybe 20, 30 years, all these various pieces for this book had been collected. But then there's this sense of overwhelm. What do I do with all of these pieces? And what is the timing for doing this? And then that pressure of turning all of that into something, we're clogging up the work, feeling like I have a responsibility to do something with this box of stuff. And so that was really the, the villain, the pressure that we put on ourselves to create can sometimes make barriers. So as the plucky sidekick, uh, we talked a lot about process and about intention. Like what, what did she, why does she want to do this creative work? And thinking about reflective, like using reflective questions, we considered like, how does this project fit into your life's work? Does it fit? This way of thinking initiated a turning point and the pressure dissolved and the realization that it's okay if that sits in the box for a little while until it turns into something organically. I don't have to force it into a thing just because it's there. And when the pressure came off, that creative valve was released and she had that surge of energy and has just been overcome with the, the, the fun parts of creativity and finding that sense of, of play again. And that was just really amazing to see, because I think we've all got a box of stuff under the bed or in the office or somewhere that we think we need to turn into things. But if we take the pressure off and think about our, our creative journey as a life work, instead of by the time I'm, let's just pick by the time I'm 50, I'm going to have this, this, and this done. Let's, let's let go of that and just think about the, the promises we make ourselves about showing up instead of what we're getting done. So I find it fits with the happily ever after in the moral because letting go of the product and focusing on the process helped her to nurture her relationship with creativity. And then she was happier and healthier. She's less stressed and more joyful. And, and, and then it, again, it had that ripple effect that's, that spreads out into different areas of our life by having that renewed sense of purpose and clarity about what to do, how to do it, when to do it. I love what you said. We all have that box under our bed, fig, you know, figuratively, because yeah. we do as creative people. In your story, the way I, the only thing I would tweak in it was to just be sure you emphasize your role that she couldn't do it by herself. She was too caught up in the singular way of thinking, and she needed that plucky sidekick like Gandalf to take her on a journey of adventure. Mm -hmm. that she found where she was going, right? Yeah. And when you when you connect it to that people say, okay, now I get why I need your help. You give me a different perspective and you're going to kick me out the door mm -hmm. and we're, we are going to go on an adventure. Love and it. Now I, you have a plucky sidekick we... sitting next to you, don't you? Do you have a plucky sidekick right there yeah, with you? Yeah, my dog. <laughs> my dog came in. I love it. I can hear him rattling. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, sure. If anybody heard the change, you could. That's. I don't have any chains here in the room. It's the dog shaking his tags. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that was a longer version of the story. It could be very succinctly put into a, an elevator speech, which is that whole idea of what would you say about your business if you got on an elevator on the first floor and went up to the top floor? How could you quickly put your, your tell people what you were doing? And for you, it's like, you know, as creative people, we all have work that we take very seriously and, and could be actually the cork in the bottle, that's, that seriousness that's keeping us from moving forward. I help you take the cork out and let the genie free. Mm, right? I love it. So, yeah. So there's a lot of ways you can use that. So as our listeners are thinking about this, these kinds of things could be on your about page, your um, what, what do I do page on your website, your artist statement. You want more than facts. You need to tell them a little bit about your journey. Make sure you use senses in it when you do it to help them feel it themselves. Remember, get that mirroring going on. And as writers, we know it's more important to show them what we do. And so find a way to show. And if you don't understand what that means, find a writer to help you. A writer will help you with that one. Or maybe we need to do a whole show on that. I don't know. <laughs> you can use this in social media. You know, don't just use a few words to describe an image or a post. Tell them the story about how you walked along the shore and what you saw and what you were hearing and why it's so important to you as creatively, as an artist. What made you share this, right? It needs to be personal. You're the brand, make it personal. You can use this for content, for articles, blog posts, write a book, marketing materials, networking opportunities. And again, when someone asks you, what do you do? So any ideas on how you want to use your story, Jessica? Well, I'd certainly like to go through all my, my site, my materials, social media, make sure that everything aligns with the story. You've got me intrigued now when you said that businesses have multiple stories. So I'd like to think about that too and how that plays in. I really like how this pulled me out of my head as an educator and invited me to see this as a writer. It's, it's a very creative way of looking at how to connect. So through this process today, I better understand the story of the work. And like my client, I understand the life's work that I'm trying to do rather than the products and services that I'm selling. And I think I've taken the pressure off myself to sell through, through this, which is, which is a nice place to be. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, we all want to have a viable business that is thriving and, and healthy in its own right, but maybe by shifting that pressure to really focusing on the relationships and, and more on, on the building end of things um, doing the And those are the pieces that I love that th the selling will just happen naturally. Is that what's going to happen as, April? Well, as you, as people recognize themselves in the stories that you share about work that you've done, they're going to say, yes, I want some of that. Right. You may still have to ask the question, how would you like to be involved? Or yeah. here's what I'm offering. Here's how I do it. Right. Yeah. They will, they will be listening. The filters will have gone down. You mm. won't be that salesperson in the store that says, can I help you? Right. right. You will have made the relationship and they're willing to hear what you have. As far as number of stories, there's an origin story, which would be about you. This is how you came about to doing hey. your work. So it reveals more of you. I'm and then there's notes. the customer. Okay. <laughs> then there's the customer story. This is what I do for you as a customer. This is, this is your problem. I understand it. And here's how I can be your plucky sidekick to help you solve it. There are stories that are about specific customers, perhaps to illustrate each product and service. Although your products and services should all serve that happily ever after and moral. You'll have specific stories about perhaps different products and services that illustrate something unique about each one. 
I do remember what it was you said in that very first story, and it's important here. We buy, we make buying decisions because of our emotions. Mm -hmm. We justify it because of logic. So you need to first appeal to the emotion side of it. I recognize you. I see you. I respect you as a human being. I understand your problem. And here's what I, here's how we will solve that problem together. And then the logic side is here's what you can expect, right? Mm -hmm. That's that kind of that moral. Places you can find the story is your, your, of course, your personal journey and your, your client's personal journeys. But also look at things like the latest movies and sports and history and things like that. There may be metaphors in there, and we have talked about metaphors before, that you can use, right? I mean, think about the metaphor of shoot for the star and on the moon. I mean, that's a metaphor to say, reach for farther than you think you can, you'll get somewhere. Right. But it's about the whole space race thing. Look in social media, what's being talked about in social media. Stories really are everywhere around us and we can use them to illustrate the work that we do. And the one thing that people often overlook is if you're lucky enough to talk to a prospect, a client, a customer, someone who's interested in your art, let them tell you their story first, because they're going to tell you what it is they're looking for, why their piece of art speaks to them what their pain is, what's important to them, what they're struggling with. And then you can tell if you can actually help them. Don't make it up. If you can really help them, help them. Mm -hmm. Now in that trust equation where we talk about the results and the, and the capabilities, sometimes you don't have the capabilities. The most important capability you have then is to refer them to someone who does have the capabilities. Mm -hmm. So if my husband, my husband is very handy with tools. But if he wanted to work on my teeth, there's no way he's getting near me. But he could refer me to a dentist who could, and he remains in a trust relationship with me. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to do. You want to maintain that trust relationship. Wow, I think that's about all I got to give you today. You've got a story now that you can kind of hone and work on. And I think you mentioned a few times, and I think it's important that our listeners hear this. This isn't something you're going to turn off the podcast and go out and just start. This takes some little bit of Mm -hmm. soul searching and listening and stories reach beyond the brain. They engage those emotions. They create that word of mouth that we talked about. And word of mouth is the most powerful marketing tool that we can employ. So Jessica, your closing thoughts. Um, I, I, I think that, you know, we've, we've talked about story before. We talked about story today, and I know that we're going to talk about story again, because, you know, as I shared in our previous podcast on story, we are all story. And uh, you've mentioned that here today. And the more that we think and, and drill down into what those stories are and capture those stories, the more that they're going to grow and evolve. And, and I think, you know, when I, this, this comes to my core work too, around how creativity makes us happier and healthier. I think about whose stories are missing. And I think about the importance of creativity for all people to engage in so that we can have more stories and we can have more voices represented. That's also on my, on my mind too, as, as we talk today. So I'm looking forward to continuing this thinking and this work and um, trying to, to dig into it. I think it's going to be something I'll need to come back to, you know, maybe once a month and revisit and, and use as a touchstone um, so that I don't lose track of what it is. And when you watch the TED Talk, you'll notice how big the ideas are that the, that the companies are using and how simple they are. That's what I loved about it. For example, I loved when it spoke about freedom being exhilarating for Harley Davidson and how they, they created that. 
So how do we capture the grandeur of what we're trying to achieve, but to do it in a simple way that cuts right to people? Like the fewer the words, the better, like you said. So thank you for for sharing all of this with us today. And you've certainly engaged my brain and you've engaged my emotions. In our playlist, I'm going to have a link to my site so people can have a look and see. And by the time this gets posted, I'll probably have played around with it a little bit to uh, to adjust creativity coaching because I, I don't want to wait. I want to get on it. And then, of course, mm-hmm. we've got the link to the Jeff Friedman TED Talk, which we highly recommend, and your your 21 tips on storytelling. And then you've got a few other things there in the playlist. Well, uh, there's the blog post I mentioned, Why Nature Inspires Me, which was kind of my start into this using the TED Talk by Jeff Friedman. And I know I need to I need to go deeper yet. So, you know, this is work that I'm still doing, too. I by no means have this nailed down. There's also a book by Seth Godin called Permission Marketing, which will include a link. Anything by Seth Godin is really uh, he's all about relationships and marketing that way. He has another book called Tribes which I highly, also highly recommend. And there's a book by Jonah Berger called Contagious. And he talks about how ideas spread and making things word of mouth that I have included a link to that too, uh, because it's just a, a book that has um, a lot to do with this idea of story in social media. If you have a personal story that you wanna share about how creativity has impacted your health or your wellness, please leave it at anchor.fm creative hummingbird and you can click on the link for message and you can record your story and with your permission and please give us permission on the recording we may be able to use that in the in the um podcast itself and if not we'll just refer to it but we would love to hear in your own voice some of your stories anchor.fm slash creative hummingbird and um, we'll include that link in our playlist as well access it easily Awesome. Excellent. Well, this has been a fun day. And as always, I'm going to have a hard time focusing on anything else, but playing with the ideas that were, were presented today. So thank you so much, April. Thank you, listeners. And thank you for this lovely day. Hey, everyone. April Lee here at the close of episode 18. And it's also the close of season one. Jessica and I have decided we'd like to take a couple of months off to enjoy the good weather of the summer here in Canada. And we're encouraging you to do the same, but take our podcast with you, catch up on any of the episodes that you may have missed or would like to listen to again. We hope you'll stay safe, have a wonderful summer, and keep creating. We'd like to have you join us again when Season 2 launches in September on Sunday, September the 5th. You'll see the next episode, Season 2, Episode 1, pop up in your uh, feeds at that time. In the meantime, have a great summer. You can find more podcast episodes and today's playlist at thehummingbirdpodcast.com. And you can learn more about our creative work at our individual websites. So you can learn more about me, Jessica, at sunshineinajar.com and more about April at aprilyjanes.com, A-P-R-I-L-L-E-J-A-N is a November, E-S.com. If you have any hummingbird questions for us to explore, we invite you to let us know. At thehummingbirdpodcast.com.